Thank you to this episode's sponsor, Tai Tung Pharmacy, an Asian American business located in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Incluvi Movie Podcast, where we talk about all things media and diversity. I'm Matthew Stiuso. And I'm Hazel Bolivar. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing South Asia in cinema, and how, despite the massive film industry in India, this identity is often left out of the conversation in Hollywood. We will also be joined by Samarth Marwa, a member of Incluvi, to share his thoughts on the complexities of representing this specific culture. But before that, we're going to get into our pop culture moment and talk about what's new and trending in entertainment. Last Thursday, Star Wars and Sound of Metal actor Riz Ahmed, who recently just became the first Muslim and first Pakistani actor to be nominated for Best Actor at the Academy Awards, launched a study and initiative on Muslims in film. The study found that 90.5% of films were missing Muslim characters. He also went one step further by launching a fellowship for Muslim storytellers, backed by a group of artists calling themselves the Muslim Avengers, which includes Mahershala Ali and Hasan Minaj. Riz has been an activist long before achieving mainstream recognition. A speech of his at the House of Commons in 2017 inspired the Riz Test, a play on the Bechdel Test, which identifies Muslim characters in film and highlights how many portrayals of Muslims can be stereotypical and derogatory. Personally, I have to say how incredible it is to see celebrities really putting in the work towards bettering representation for their community. Like seeing an actor calling out the industry and then going one step further by putting their money where their mouth is for a cause is so inspiring. The Muslims in Film movement has also spoken out against a recently announced project called They Are Us, which tells the story of the 2019 Christchurch massacre, specifically from the POV of New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. The film has been accused of exploiting Muslim tragedy while also decentering Muslim people. Lead actress Rose Byrne has dropped out of the film in response to the backlash, and even Jacinda Ardern herself has distanced herself from the project. It will be very interesting to see how or if the production proceeds from this point. And lastly, for our Pride Month feature, we want to shout out Love, Victor on Hulu. A spin-off of the hit film Love, Simon, the series focuses on the coming-out experience of a teenager from a strict Latin American family. Although the show did not cast LGBT actors in the lead roles, the show provides some much-needed feel-good gay romantic comedy. Check out season two on Hulu, but don't forget to continue holding Hollywood accountable and cast more queer actors in queer roles. With that being said, it's time to turn to our main topic for the day, South Asian representation. For today's episode, we will be discussing South Asia in film. But what does that mean exactly? South Asia is geographically defined as the nations of Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Nepal, Bhutan, Bangladesh, the Maldives, and Sri Lanka. Although there is still discussion around the specifics of just how large the physical area of South Asia is. And the boundaries between South Asia, the Middle East, and Southeast Asia have never specifically been determined. What we can say confidently is that this area is the most densely populated region in the world, with over 1.8 billion people, making up for roughly one-fourth of the world's population. Although we've seen a decent amount of representation on screen in the past decade, 
mainly due to the presence of a handful of big-name actors who have occupied roles. Kumail Nanjani, Dev Patel, Mindy Kaling, Aziz Ansari, and Naomi Scott, to name a few. The amount of South Asian characters on screen does not reflect the massive population. Of course, I'd like to acknowledge that we're not going to give a complete history or analysis of South Asian representation because there is no singular South Asian culture or a singular culture within any of the countries that make up South Asia. We're also just a 30-minute podcast. So instead, we want to begin to open up the conversation by reflecting more specifically on the ways in which South Asian people are represented in United States media. Bumi Takor's work in her 2016 book, South Asians on the U.S. Screen, Just Like Us, provides an analysis of South Asian representation on screen and finds that most characterizations typically fit into one of three categories, which she calls the forever foreigner, the model minority, and the assimilated American. In terms of seeing South Asian characters on screen, it does seem like the conversation is focused more on how they are being depicted. Takor goes in depth on how the Simpsons character Apu is representative of what she calls the forever foreigner depiction of South Asian characters in Western media. He's a convenience store owner with this comically thick accent, and he's somewhat of a bumbling fool. And this was really an unfortunate standard that the people who are of Indian descent wanted to distance themselves from. This joke character has become the subject of countless articles and studies, and most famously a 2017 documentary, The Problem with Apu. Although Apu was something of a step up from, say, the heart-eating cannibals from Temple of Doom, he was really the only on-screen reference of an Indian person for years, meaning white audiences who may not interact with Indian people in their day-to-day life. That's their only perception of that culture. I can vividly remember growing up and having kids doing Apu impressions on the school bus because they thought he was just like the funniest thing and they really didn't know how they were perpetuating harm. It's really no surprise to hear that Hari Kondabalu, who created the documentary, had to grow up being called Apu by white kids his whole life. But it is also something to note that for as problematic as the character is, he was the only source of representation for people like Kondabalu. And he sort of had to take the good with the bad. Even through the offensive accent, they at least had scenes where Apu was talking openly about his Hindu faith and even had an Indian wedding on screen. If that was something that meant a lot to people, imagine how much more impactful it could have been to know that there was actual Indian creators and an Indian voice actor behind the scenes as well. In the late 2000s and early 2010s, there was a surge of Indian characters in film and television, with films like Slumdog Millionaire proving that an Indian-led film could be successful commercially and critically. With India having its own massive film industry of Bollywood, it's not surprising that an Indian-led film was able to achieve such success. Although, there are still points within Slumdog Millionaire where the film does a lot of othering of India as a nation. In the following years, Comedies like Outsourced, The Mindy Project, The Office, and Parks and Rec all featured Indian characters on screen as well, Mindy Kaling being two of them. These projects presented varying degrees of Indian culture, with some characters being almost completely removed from their heritage, and some being perhaps a little one-dimensional. I think this period of time in television was really influential in the sense that For example, Aziz Ansari became a star on Parks and Rec and then got to go on to create Master of None, which has a really poignant episode about Dev's Muslim upbringing and how he 
is somewhat Americanized himself and how that affects his relationship with his parents. Like we mentioned in our pop culture moment, Muslims specifically were not getting much of a feature in relation to other South Asian religions. So getting to see a portrayal that was so nuanced like this was very refreshing. And of course, Mindy Kaling has really had tremendous success both on screen and as a writer and as a producer and has been in movies like Late Night and Ocean's 8, both of which I highly recommend. One show in particular that I really want to shout out is Sense8, which is like leaps and bounds above other series in terms of its genuine diversity. And it can be a part of conversations about queer representation and South Asian representation and African representation and East Asian representation. It's really just so impressive and so genuinely good. And I miss it so much. One of the main eight characters is Kala, who is a pharmacist in Mumbai, and her storyline centers on her Hindu faith and dealing with the main plot of the show, which is being telepathically linked to seven other people in the world. She is just so powerful as a character because she's a successful woman and a genius chemist, and she manages to be progressive in her thinking while also remaining traditional in her faith. She also has a full Bollywood dance number, which to me, is only rivaled in quality by her singing the four non-blondes on a rooftop in India with a man who's in a German karaoke bar. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, you simply must watch the show because it is sci-fi, it is fantasy, it is everything. One last thing we want to point out is that even with the progress that's been made with these films and shows we're mentioning, there's yet to be a lot of mainstream projects featuring characters from Sri Lanka or Nepal or Afghanistan or the Maldives. We have seen progress with Pakistani actors like Riz Ahmed being nominated for an Academy Award and Kamala Khan, Marvel's first Pakistani-American superhero leading her own series. But as always, we hope these baby steps can become leaps. With that being said, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be joined by Samarth Marwa to discuss his thoughts on South Asian representation. We're currently running a Facebook fundraiser to help our startup grow and would like to thank our star sponsor, Jennifer Ng, and key supporters from week one. Adam Lerng, Jacqueline Yang, Jesus Solis, Louise Dixon, Anna Biondi, Patty Yi, Lisa Benoit, Peter and Yoshi Ng, Michael Chong, and Patrick Roy, as well as Beata Schuster, Michelle Lerng, Diane Chan, Ian Robinson, Gia Maroney, Stanley Selesky, and Mohammed Sek. Thanks for making a big difference. This episode is sponsored by Brush Magic Kids, founded by Peter Ng. Head to brushmagickids.org to check out their K-12 scholarship program, an opportunity for young students and artists. Joining us today from India is Samarth Marwa. He is a member of the Inclui team and he works on our social media. So how are you doing today, Samarth? Pretty good. Uh, really excited to be here. So today we are going to be talking about South Asian representation. What are, just to get into it, some classic tropes that you've seen in depiction of South Asia as a place, South Asian culture or South Asian people? So the first thing that comes to my mind is the yellow filter. I think that's something that is, is, has been used by Hollywood a lot to denote countries that are other. And that includes 
I would I would say like includes basically everything that's not the US or Europe. Uh, the first time I, I actually saw it in in real life, like I actually registered it was when I saw Extraction, the Chris Hemsworth film um, on Netflix. It was there was a stark contra- contrast between how when they film him uh, receiving the, receiving his contract to go to India, you know the filter there versus the filter when he actually lands in India in Mumbai and he is you know it completely changes it's it's a complete yellow filter and it just it gives off an idea of of how the west views south asia as a whole about how you know assuming that we're all backward or underdeveloped or like the whole country is just poor when i think about more about uh, south asian representation i think about slum dog millionaire which is is about 10 15 years old by now and the whole premise about how you know a kid born in the slums uh grows up and and wins a million dollars based on his experiences throughout his life but the way they depicted mumbai as you know full of filth and there's a scene where this kid jumps into a whole uh container full of or like a whole ditch full of sewage which yeah. is not how um is not what what india is about it's we're not it's not always crowded it's not always uh, a mess india is beautiful you know there's we have places like the taj mahal which you know have have been shown in film and and media as well but finding a, a, a big contrast between how india actually is versus seeing it on screen especially since i love to watch hollywood movies it just feels feels like a very big disconnect there but you describe with the yellow filter it's just such like a a sickly looking color and a weird way to not only other but like to really make south asia look like it's something less than Yeah exactly you know and you see a difference with that when you you see indian families in the us with something as recent as never have i ever where you know sure there are indian characters on screen and you see them but the way they behave it is so obvious that they were not completely written by and by someone who is who has that experience in mind and and you know it it brings it brings a lot of disconnect to me personally to see people who look like me but behave completely opposite to how i know I would have reacted or people I am familiar with would have reacted people from India and you know it is it brings with the fact you know how Indians in film are are shown to be super successful super uh, smart the 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 model minority working in tech doing a bunch of uh mumbo jumbo tech stuff and and you know all of that when that is not who all of us are you know you can't put all of us under one umbrella and expect us all to be the same yeah actually it kind of has relation to my second question which is in recent years we've seen we've seen more south asian characters i would say on screen than we have in the past but sometimes you'll have indian characters played by pakistani actors or vice versa or you know obviously famously in the case of apu just completely voiced by a white person so what is the importance of making sure that the casting is really accurate and the representation behind the scenes is also accurate. So, you know, this this question I've discussed with uh people before and it's it always comes down to it's it's a double edged sword here. There's there's two things. One, you want to make a good movie and you want to make sure that the the, the people you hire are good actors. But also you you want to show accurate representation of the people of their cultural identity. So when we talk about someone like Apu where, you know, he's he's played by a white man and he's been Uh, Hank Azaria has been playing him for 30 years and then you see the backlash that that he received and you see how how 
they just completely chose to ignore the character and just just let him fall to the sidelines instead of doing something where they could have replaced him with a, with a different voice actor which you know happens in 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 soaps all the time or it happens even in anime or or animated movies all the time it's it's just it's very disheartening to see someone that you know i know people who grew up watching apu and seeing him on screen made them feel better about themselves even though sure he 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 has eight kids which is again a whole other aspect of how you know indians have uh, this too many indians but despite that you know you seeing someone that looks like you on screen seeing yourself represented and then all of a sudden he just disappears and all you have to show for it is a picture of of lisa just just putting his picture picture frame facing down on a desk that's how you end it you were, yeah. so so make it make sense you know how on the one hand hollywood is like you know we want representation we want to show more diverse voices and everything but then the first chance you get you take the easy way out and you just chose to completely ignore 30 years of of history and and i would go as far to say 30 years of legacy for that character to yeah. to just say okay goodbye we're done and not even give him a proper farewell you could have written him out have him go to a different city it could have been that simple if you wanted to do it that way give him a farewell say goodbye or change change the voice actor you know there's there's so many different things they could have done yeah i'm um i'm no expert on the simpsons but just to clarify so after after the documentary that had come out recently the problem with apu they reacted by just writing him completely off was that like after a season break or was that just like right in the middle of a season so i think it was between seasons 29 and 30 or 30 and 31 i don't really remember exactly uh but what they did is they didn't show him for like the first four or five episodes of the new season and then episode 6 or 7 somewhere is that scene where i mentioned where lisa just lisa talks about how sometimes you make mistakes and you need to move on and acknowledge them and then the camera just pans to apu apu's picture in a frame which is surprising because why would lisa have a picture of apu in her room and it just uh lisa just puts her hand on the frame and you know how uh, in movies they show to signify you're doing something embarrassing you don't want your family to see it so they 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 either cover the photo frame or they put it down facing down that's that's just how they wrote him off and sure he has shown up in since then but it's been like in passing where you know there's a huge crowd and you see apu standing there or he walks by in a scene but there's no there's no um there, there, he doesn't have any dialogue and there's no mention of him there, he just he's just gone Yeah, so instead of, you know, casting accurately, they would just decide to completely remove the voice of the character, which is obviously a kind of darkly metaphorical. Um so on the other hand of the question, like what do you think is the importance of um, you know, recently we've seen like Indian actors playing Pakistani and that has caused a little conflict. What are your personal takes on that? For me, it is more important that we see ourselves represented on screen. I would personally have no problem if you know 50 years down the line uh I become rich and successful and they try to make a biography about, about me and Kumail Nanjiani's grandson Kumail Nanjiani who's who's Pakistani if his grandson decides to play me I would have no problem with it at all even you know this is a hypothetical 50 years down the line scenario but it is not about casting 100% accurately but also you can't you can't just interchange brown people you know we're not all the same you can't have a mexican person play someone from india or vice versa or those 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 small differences really show up in in our cultural heritage and with 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 that in mind you know again at this point i just want to see some representation on screen you know you could you could cast a pakistani actor to play an indian as long as we're represented properly on screen and we're not just reduced to laughing stocks or to just the butt of jokes 
I will be okay with it for now because you can't yeah. expect things to change overnight. You know, you have to do baby steps and sure we've been doing baby steps for the last 50 years, but still, you know, just let me see myself on screen. Is it that hard? It's not that hard. So what are some films that either you've seen recently or just in your, in your memory that you would really recommend in terms of highlighting really positive representation? And that could be either international or from the U S um, just as long as there's, you know, like some really solid, great representation, something that you would definitely want to reference if someone came to you and were like, hey, I, I want a list of movies that I can learn about South Asian culture or something along those lines. You know, it's, it's a real shame that I can't think of anything. That the fact that I, I try to think about recent or even not so recent movies in Hollywood I've seen which have good Indian representation or I can think of nothing off the top of my head, which, which is sad you know, you could, you could justify it by saying, oh, I haven't watched a lot of movies, but I have watched a lot of movies. But it is also the fact that we just don't have a lot of Southeast, South Asian representation in film or in TV shows in, in the US, in the West. Sure, you know, the, you see a couple of hits here and there. You see The Big Sick with Kumail Nanjiani, which is based loosely on his life. Or you see Late Night with Mindy Kaling. Or you see Mindy Kaling's character on The Office. Or you see The Mindy Project, which, you know, you can't, folk, you can't just rely on two people to... to carry the burden of Indian representation on their shoulders for the, for the rest of their lives because it's just, you know, it's, it's not feasible and you can't expect just, just two people to just do, the, do it for the rest of their lives. You, and, and, you know, it's just with, with how many multiple films come out every day, you would expect to see, I don't know, one film a, a year which features us in a good light, but <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, uh, I, I, I would recommend, you know, if, if you do want to watch Indian films, which show Indians in a good light, I, I, I say Indian films, I mean Bollywood uh, specifically, because that's what I have most experience with. There's uh, a movie series uh, called Krish, which is, Krish is basically Indian Superman. That's, that's the loose way of describing it. Uh, it's a three-part movie series where the first one is a remake of uh, E.T., I saw this movie in 2004 and it still holds up, you know, it's probably 2003 and it still holds up and it's, it still brings tears to my eyes that when I say it's a series, you know, the second movie is about his son who inherits his powers and becomes a superhero. And that's, that's a whole other story, which um, I would not recommend the third one because it turns into an X-Men ripoff. But the first two movies are, are so beautifully done. And even though the second movie came out in 2006, which is 15 years ago now, I would, I would say it still holds up. And it's, oh, it's, by the way, the, the lead is played by Ritik Roshan, who is one of India's uh, biggest actors. And, and it, it is just so beautiful. So in talking about um, South Asian superheroes, you had posted on uh, the Incluvi Instagram that um, you're looking forward to the new Miss Marvel series. Do you want to maybe touch on that a little bit and the importance of that? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, I think when Miss Marvel was first introduced uh, as as a comic, it was I think early two thousands or early twenty tens. I I could be wrong, but it was somewhere in the last twenty ish years. And there was a lot of backlash initially because you know people were like, "We don't need this. What is the point? You're shoving representation down our throats." And I personally didn't find out about Miss Marvel till like I would say five years ago. But when I saw who she was, you know, a Pakistani American woman living in in New York, trying to struggle with identity, trying to figure out who she is and living with uh, Southeast Asian parents, first generation, uh, second generation immigrants, all of that stuff. It just resonates with me, even though I, I've, I am not an immigrant. I have, I've lived in India most of my adult life, most of my life. 
but but still just seeing that the, the prospect of seeing all of those those culturally relevant things those scenes on screen to see someone who looks like me for my 12 year old sister who will see someone who looks like her be a superhero you know to 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 have to to watch the to watch her experience that is is what i'm most excited for it is not about you know oh hey we're we're pushing out other people to get it it's 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 about seeing ourselves on screen finally after asking for it for so long it's about casting accurate indian actors in the in the series where i think they've cast farhan akhtar and fawad khan as far as i know those are two very big name indian actors and they've cast one of them to be uh, her dad and and i think someone else related i'm not really sure who but just to see that on on screen to see how beautifully it will be done i am sure it will be beautifully done is 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 something that i'm looking forward to but also of course you know it brings with it a whole slew of of things with you know it's so much pressure on them which i think we we talked about earlier where for 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 the team behind it they know how much is riding on them and they know it's it's a possibility of a do or uh, do or die situation where if it doesn't do well other studios might not be so excited to take on a bigger project which features people like me in in a in a pause, in, in a center spotlight so they know they know what's riding on it and they and i'm sure that they will do a good job to sh- to to meet live up to our expectations so yeah I, i am very excited about that yeah well we we'll, we will be on the lookout for miss marvel um so i want to say honestly thank you so much for joining us you shared a lot of really insightful perspective um that obviously i myself don't have access to um where can our viewers or our listeners rather find you on social media if they want to follow you uh you can find me on uh, instagram at sam.marva it's it's spelled m e r w a h or you can find me at incluvi uh, i've i've been handling the social media there so i will be more than happy to say hi yeah if you're listening to this podcast follow our instagram please well thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having Thanks. me mate The Incluvi Movie Podcast is hosted by me, Matthew Stieso. Our show is produced and edited by Hazel Bolivar, who also joined us as a guest host today. Our executive producer is Kathy Yee. Special thanks to Samarth Marwa for joining us this week, and to Wadaboy for making our theme music. You can visit incluvi.com to rate movies on their diversity and read reviews focused on representation in media. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, or support us on Patreon at Incluvi. That's I N C L U V I E. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to join us in 2 weeks when we will be discussing the infamous black best friend trope.